This is the Tafiyomi Masechta Review, Masechta Babakama, tape number four. For subscription information, write us at Tafiyomi Tapes, P.O. Box 831, Muncie, New York, 10952, or call 1-888-TAFIYOMI. This tape is dedicated in memory of Baylor Basmuel Grossman, Zechroni Debrocha, Hashem Yenikom Demer. Amagitshia is Rabbi Yossi Heber. We're holding a Mesechta Baba Kama towards the end of Perak Shersha Nagach Asapara, and we're at the Mishnah on Dafnun Bey's Amad Alf. And the Mishnah says, Ruvain used a bore, a pit, and covered it. When Shimon arrived, he found it uncovered. He used it and didn't cover it. Then, if it damages, Shimon is chayef. If a person did cover it sufficiently, and an axe fell in anyways, he's putter, since he did what he was supposed to do. Kalim, which fall into a bore, the Balhabor is putter since kalim are putter when they fall into a bore. If a man falls in, or even a child falls in and dies, the balhabor is putter, since we know shor v'loi adam, chamor v'loi kalim, since by bore the Pasuk specifically says shor or chamor, which means shor v'loi adam, chamor v'loi kalim. And the Gemara says, what if a man puts a cover that is strong enough for an ox, but not strong enough for a camel? A camel came, st- stood on top of it, weakened it, and then an ox came and fell in. Is he chayev or not? So if camels are common in that area, then of course it's a pshia, and he would be, of course he'd be chayev. But if camels are not frequent, he'd be putter. Since he did his job for the ox, how was he supposed to know that a camel would come along? Therefore he's putter. Rav says the chayev for boar is for havalai, for the vapor. The vapor that exists, the open vapor that exists within the boar, that's what ends up hurting the thing that falls in. Not for chavotai, not for the mass of the ground which the animal falls onto. But Shmuel says you'd be chayev for either. If an axe pushes a different axe into a boar, the Rabbanan say the balhashor is chayev, but the balhabor is potter, since it isn't the balhabor's fault. The axe pushed the other axe in. Rabbanan says the balhashor pays half, and the balhabor pays the other half. Ruvain put a stone next to a boar. An animal tripped on the stone and fell into the boar. It's the same achleikus as we mentioned before between the Rabbanan and Rabbanan. An axe and a man teamed up to push something into a pit. So if it gets damaged, the balhashor, the balhabor, and the man are all chayef. But for the dalad dvarim, the man is chayef, but others are potter. Dalad dvarim meaning tsar, ripui, shevas, and boishas. If someone gets killed, only the balhashor is chayef, kaifer. Daftun dalad. If an axe is blind, or an axe is walking at night, and it falls into a pit, the balhabor is chayef. But if it's during the daytime, and the axe has das, and he can see where he's going, then he falls in, into this pit, the balhabor is potter. The Mishnah. Both an axe and any animal are included in the following six dinim. Number one, if it falls into a boar, into a pit, the balhabor is chayev. Number two, these animals are not allowed to go up to Maimed Har Sinai. Number three, if a ganav steals the animal, then the ganav must pay, must pay kefo. Number four, one must assist the owner of an animal, if the animal is having trouble carrying a load. This is the mitzvah of prika. Number five, kilayim. Two animals are not allowed to cohabitate if they're different types of animals. And finally, animals are not allowed to work on Shabbos. And the Mishnah concludes by saying that chaya ba'if also are included in these halachas that we mentioned before. But the same way, for example, you're not allowed to cohabitate two animals together, even if they're axon, the same would apply if they're a chaya or a knife. And the Gemara says, the Isra of animals working on Shabbos, in the first 
of Yaseras Hadibrois, it says, Avdacha Ba'amascha Ubehemtecha. But in the second one, it says, Shor Vachamar Ubechal Behemtecha. The second one comes to include Chayas Ve'ifus. Since it's a Klal Uprat Uklal, it only comes to include Balechayim, but nothing else. Other things are allowed to be used on Shabbos. Someone asks, why is the first of the Yaseras Hadibrois by Kibar Ava'im, does it not say Lema'an Yitavlach? But by the second one, it does say Lema'an Yitavlach. Our answer since the first set of Luchais were destined to be broken, HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want the word Taiv, Lema'an Yitav, Taiv, to be mentioned on these Luchais, so it wouldn't leave, Chas Vishalom wouldn't leave Klal Yisrael when the Luchais were broken. Tafnun Hei. Rabbi Shulban Levi says, if someone sees the letter Tes in a dream, it's a good sign for him, since the Tes is a simon of Taiv. If a person sees the word Hespid written out in a dream, it's a simon that he will be redeemed. And finally, if someone breeds two species in the ocean, he's over for Kalayim, even though the Pasuk says Behema. But since both Minehu and Minah are written both for Behemas Hayabasha and Degei Hayom, the same lav of Kalayim applies to Degei Hayom, to fish of the sea, as well. We should point out the halacha of Kalayim by animals prohibits the breeding of two different species of animals, as well as prohibiting harnessing of two species to work together. Shmuel classifies a wild goose as a different species than an ordinary goose, and he therefore prohibits breeding the two together under the Isra of Kalayim. In explanation of what Shmuel says, the Gemara proceeds to demonstrate various biological differences between these two types of geese, thus classifying them as different species. Kuntras al-Hadaf brings a machlekes amongst the achreinim as to whether a wild goose is a kosher bird, no different than an ordinary goose, or whether it is halakhically classified as its own species and is non-kosher. The Tzemach Tzedek asserts that although a wild goose indeed is not the same species as an ordinary goose, nevertheless he maintains that it is a kosher bird. To this end, he cites our Gemara's discussion regarding Kalayim as proof. He argues that if indeed a wild goose is non-kosher, why was it necessary for the Gemara to elaborate on the biological differences between a wild goose and an ordinary goose? He says that it's obvious that breeding a kosher species with a non-kosher species constitutes kilayim, regardless of whether there are any readily apparent distinguishing features. Hence, the Tzemach infers from our Gemara that a wild goose is a kosher bird. The Chsam Sefer, however, refutes the Tzemach proof. He argues that perhaps the Gemara was actually uncertain as to whether a wild goose is kosher, and it had no Messiah tradition regarding this matter. However, the Gemara reasoned that if in terms of the laws of Kalayim, a wild goose is to be considered the same species as an ordinary goose, then by extension it would be deemed kosher, just as an ordinary goose is known to be kosher. However, since the Gemara concludes that a wild goose is in its own class, the Chassam Seifer rules that a wild goose may not be eaten, since there is no conclusive tradition regarding its permissibility. This marks the end of this parak. Now let's begin the sixth parak, Hakainis. Background. This parak talks about the Shmira of animals preventing damages from happening. And the Mishnah says, if someone brings in a sheep to the barn or to the pen and he locks the door properly, but somehow the animal got out anyway and damaged, he's putter because he did his job properly. He locked the door, he did it properly, what more can you ask for? Therefore, if the animal gets out anyway, does damage, the person who owns the animal is putter. If, however, he did not lock the door properly, meaning he did not do his job as he was supposed to, and then the animal broke loose and it did damage, then, of course, he's chayef. If the wall fell in the middle of the night, or robbers broke in and took the wall down, then the animal got out and did damage, 
he's Pater. Since he was Noel Karai, he actually closed it the way he was supposed to, but something happened that was beyond his control. But if the robbers took the animals out, and then they did damage, the robbers would be Chayef. If a person gives animals to a Cheresh Shaita the Cotton, and damage happened, then he's Chayef. If he gave the animals to a shepherd, the shepherd is then responsible. How are damages in these cases paid? We say damage is paid from the best quality, from Metav Sadehu, the best quality land. Reb Chaim tells us declares a hakira as to why a person who doesn't close his fence properly is chayev. Is it that the animal is an extension of the owner's hand, so if it does damage, he's chayev? Or is it because he himself had a chayev to watch the animal, but he didn't do it properly? That's why he's chayev. The nafkamina would be if it's a suffolk, if he closed the gate properly or not. If you hold that it's considered, the, that the animal is considered an extension of the owner, then he's chayev. But if you hold that he himself had a chiv to close the door, then he's putter, since we can't prove that he did it properly or not. So that's why he would be putter. And the Gemara asks, when we say that if it was fenced properly, it was fenced keroi, what does that mean? Gemara answers, if it can stand in a ruach metsuya, in a typical wind, then we say he did his job properly. But if it falls in a very strong wind, a ruach she'ena metsuya, then he's putter, because he did it correctly in a normal situation where there was a ruach metsuya. This is the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda, who holds even a Shmira Pachusa, i.e. a Ruach Metsuya, is enough to be considered Kiroi. Rameir holds, you need a Shmira Meula, a full-scale Shmira. If you don't have this, the Balha Bahama will always be Chayev if damage is done. Gemara says there are four things that the Torah explicitly minimize the amount of protection that is needed to guard over them. Number one, a boar, only Chayev if a person is negligent. Number two, Aish. Number three, Shane. And number four, regal. Reb Chaim Brisker declares a hakira regarding boar. When a person digs a boar and then covers it up so it's like it doesn't exist anymore, do we say it's as if the boar does not exist anymore? In other words, he covers it up, that's it. It's as if it was never here. Or is it just that the person fulfilled his obligation, he covered it up, but the boar still exists in the world? Rabbi Baruch Ber says this hakira is based on a machlekes Rambam and Ravid, in Hilchas Niske moment, Perak Yud Beis, If Ruvain digs a boar, and Shimon comes and covers it properly, then Shimon comes again and uncovers it. The Rambam says, Ruvain is Chayev. But the Ravid says, Ruvain can only be Chayev if he already found out the boar became uncovered. But before that moment, Shimon would be Chayev. The Rambam holds, like the second side, obligation is fulfilled, but it still exists as a boar. That's why when later it's uncovered, Ruvain remains Chayev. The Ravid, however, holds that covering the boar takes away the shame boar completely. So Reuben can't be chayef if he didn't know the boar was uncovered. There are four acts that are pater midine adam, but chayef midine shamayim. Number one, if one knocks down the restraining wall around a friend's animals. Number two, if one bends a friend's wheat sheaves so they catch fire, and therefore the fire spreads to the rest of the field. Number three, if one hires false witnesses to testify. And finally, if one knows testimony, but he doesn't come forward to help his friend. Rav Ashi said, fire sometimes can be potter. In the case we're talking about here in the Gemara, he's potter. Since there's tamun, there's hidden objects, and tamun is potter medine adam. But since he was gairim, widespread damage, on purpose, he's chayev medine shamayim. The Gemara asks, what's the Kiddush of not testifying? We have a specific pasik in Vayikra, parakei, imlo yagid, so we know he's chayev to testify. What's the chiddush here that he's supposed to come testifying? Otherwise, he's chayev b'dinei shemayim. 
Gemara answers, he's, the only time you would think he's Chayev is when there are two Edim. Here he's an, he's an Eid Echad. But still, he's very powerful, even as an Eid Echad. Because an Eid Echad can be Mechayev a Shvua, which may prevent an outright lie from happening. If he, then he doesn't come forward, then he's Chayev B'dini Shemayim. In Taisvis Divri Amaschil Kisoy, Taisvis says, even if a person has Kavana to help his friend, but he ends up hurting him, he's Chayev B'dini Shemayim. It's mashma from Taisvis that before a person does a taiva for his friend, he should carefully think about the best way to do it. Because sometimes the best chesed for a friend is to do nothing at all. Gemara says if one hires Adim to give false edus, why should he be chayef? They did the maisa. And we know, divrei harav, v'divrei ha-talmud, divrei mishayimim. Ein shliach If you send a shliach to do an avera, and the shliach does an avera, you're not chayef, because the person who did the avera himself should be chayef. He shouldn't have listened. He should have listened to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not to you. Where answers, since he paid the money, he's Chayef. Because if not for the money, they wouldn't have testified falsely. Therefore, he is Chayef, because he was the one that incited them to do it in the first place. If we hold that's why he's Pater in our Mishnah. Since the wall was weak, therefore it's a Pshia. But later on it fell, it was an Oynes. If robbers remove the animal from their pen, and damage is done, they're chayef. What's the chiddush? Our answer is the chiddush is that they didn't take it from the pen, but they just surrounded it and forced it to walk in a certain direction. For this, they're also chayef, i.e. it's considered in their rishus. As Rabbi says, if one places Ruvain's animals in Shimon's field, Maimed, and it eats, then he's chayef. Rabbi says if one shimer gives an item over to a second shimer, and something happens, the first shimer is chayef, since the owner gave it to the first shimer and didn't want anyone else watching it. Shaymer, Shamasa Lashaymer, Chayef. The Gemara says someone found a lost object and brought it to his house to eventually return it to the owner. Rabbah says, this person is considered like a Shaymer Chinam, which means he's only Chayef B'Pshia. Why is he like a Shaymer Chinam? He has no Hana. He took it into his house to watch it. He's going to eventually return it. Therefore, he's getting no Hana. That's why he's called a Shaymer Chinam. Rabbi Yasef says, no, he's more of a Shaymer Chinam. He's considered like a Shaymer Sacher. It's as if someone who watches it for pay. If a person watches something for pay and he's paid to do it, he's not only chayev in pshia, he's chayev in geneva v'aveda as well. Why is he considered a shemer sacher? To be a shemer sacher, you have to get some hana because you're, it's like you're being paid. What's the hana here? He has hana since while he's watching it, he's not mechuyev to do other mitzvahs. In other words, if an ani comes knocking on the door and says, I need tzedakah, I need bread, then since he's busy doing another mitzvah, i.e. he's, he's in the mit- process of doing the mitzvah v'ashavas aveda. Therefore, he would be putter to give the ani bread, and therefore he's getting the benefit of being putter from giving the ani the bread. Therefore, he's considered like a shemer sacher, as we know from the Gemara in Sukkah Daf Chafhei, how Isaac be mitzvah putter min mitzvah. Taisus explains that the putter of being Isaac be mitzvah is only if at the moment he's doing something mamish for the mitzvah, i.e., he's cleaning the carpet before returning the aved. In other words, he found the carpet. Now he's cleaning the carpet so he can give it back to the person who owns it so that it's clean. Right, before he gives it back to him, he wants to clean it off. Then we say, he's mamish doing the mitzvah at that moment. Then he'll Isaac the mitzvah, he's Isaac and cleaning the carpet. Then he's putter from the mitzvah of giving the Yanit Tzedakah. But if the carpet is just sitting in the house and he's not doing anything, he's not being Isaac specifically in cleaning the carpet, then this p'tur of a Isaac the mitzvah, putter in the mitzvah, doesn't exist. Because now it's Efshul Lekayim Shneim. He's not tied up with anything. So if the Ani comes knocking on the door, at that moment, he's not doing anything with the carpet. Therefore, we should have to give the Ani Tzedakah. So this tour of Isaac b'mitzvah, patam in a mitzvah, is only if he's Isaac, and it's e'efshel k'ayim shneim. Otherwise, if you wouldn't say this, Taisu says, logically, then 
whenever a person is sitting in his house, he should never be mechuyev to give tzedakah, because a person has a mezuzah on his door. A person has a mezuzah on his door. He's now being the kaim, the mitzvah of mezuzah, right? Therefore, you could say, Isaac the mitzvah, the mezuzah is on the door, pater and a mitzvah. And when he comes to the door, you should be pater. And since that logic doesn't really follow properly, and the person we know is mechuyev to give tzedakah, even though there is a mezuzah on his door, Therefore, we say the only time the p'tur of Isaac b'mitzvah, patam and a mitzvah, is that the person is mamish Isaac b'mitzvah. At that moment, and if the Yafshalakayim Shneim. Otherwise, he is mochoyev. The Raivid is chaylik on Taisus. If a Ganev returns an item, he must inform the person he stole it from. But if one returns a lost item, he doesn't need to inform the Bailam. The Mars is a shayel is chayev for all things if something goes wrong, including. Aynis, Geneva, and Aveda. A seicher, a person who rents, has the same halacha as a shamer sacher, who's paid for watching the item, and he would be mechuyev for Geneva va'aveda. Dafnun ches. If an animal fell and ate the stocks it fell on, the owner must pay the value of his hana he got. But if it walked to a different grain area, the owner must pay the full value of the damage. If an animal was walking in a normal manner, and then suddenly it gave birth, and because of the liquid of the birth, it damaged Paris underneath it. So if you hold Tchilase Bipshia, Besaife Ba'inis Chayev, then he would be Chayev. But if you hold Tchilase Bipshia, Besaife Ba'inis Potter, maybe he's Potter. Since Lamaisa, this was an Inis. The birth happened, he couldn't have controlled that. Mar says, Teiku. Daphne Tas. Damages always pay from Metav Sadeu, from the best of the land. The Chachamim say that Bia, which is done Beratse, with a woman's will, is less painful than if it was done without her will. If someone cut down someone else's tree, we assess it according to the actual value of the tree, as was said by the Reish Kalusa. Eliezer Zi'ira was wearing black shoes and stood in the marketplace in order to mourn for the destruction of Yerushalayim. They thought he was a Balgaiva, a Yoyera, and they threw him into jail. If an animal ate ripe Paris, then he must pay it in its present value. The Mishnah. If Rubain put a pile of Paris in Shimon's field without Rishos, and Shimon's cow ate it, Shimon is potter. If Shimon's cow was damaged, then Ruvain must pay. But if he had Rishus, then Shimon is chayef. Gemara. This Mishnah isn't like Rebbe, who says that the Bahasada is only chayef if he gave a very explicit Rishus to leave the grain in his field. The next Mishnah. If one sends a fire, biyad, cheresh, shayte the cotton, he's potter, midine adam, because it's a grama, but he's chayef, midine shamayim. If he sends it biyad pikeach, then the pikeach is chayef. If two people walk together, one with a fire and one with wood, the second one is chayef if damage is done. Gemara. Chereshay to the cotton is only putter if you gave him a coal. But if you give him mamish, the flame, then you're chayef. Daf If one fans a coal, he fans it, and then a wind blows it and turns it into a fire, we say that he's putter. Since the wind was a necessary factor in igniting the call, it wouldn't have happened on his own. The fire is not entirely attributed to his actions. His actions are only considered a grama, an indirect cause. Therefore, he's pater. The Gemara notes that regarding Shabbos, winnowing grain is considered a violation of the malach of Shabbos, despite the fact that winnowing requires the assistance of the wind. Ravashi explains that the halachas of Shabbos have different criteria than the laws of Nezikin. Regarding Shabbos, the rule is Meleches Machshaves Asra The significant factor here is that there was intent to perform a Melacha, whereas regarding Ezekin, the rule is Grama bin Ezekin, Pater. One who indirectly causes the damage is Pater. Rashi explains that at the beginning, in this case we're talking about a coal, 
there was a Ruach Metsuya. It was time a regular wind, and there's no reason to believe that anything would have turned into a fire. Then suddenly, a Ruach She'en Metsuya came. A fire which is very unusual and very strong came. In that kind of a case, he's Pater. Since Leisolek Adaita, he isn't expected to anticipate something like a very, very strong wind. Therefore, that's why he's Pater. Reb Chaim Brisker asks on this. We know the halacha is Adam Mu'ed Lo'elam. A person who does damage, is always chayev. It doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter whether he was awake or whether he was sleeping or whether it was accidental. If a person does damage, he's always chayev. Therefore, why over here should he be putter? Just because the Ruach Sha'ina Mitsuya came, he should still be chayev. Adam Uod So he answers, he explains, that the din of Adam Uod only applies when a person causes actual damage. But here, we're only talking about creating the mazik. He didn't do the damage. The only thing he did is he created a mazik, i.e. Eish, which will eventually cause damage. And since this case was where the big Eish was created via a Ruach She'ena Metsuya, something which is very unusual, we don't say Adam Mu'ad Le'olam. Therefore, he's Pater. Rabbi Baruch Ber brings down that the Naidah B'Yehuda is Chaylek on this, and says, for example, if a person digs a bore in Rosh Hasharabim, B'Shaygig, he's Chayev anyway, because Adam Mu'ad Le'olam. So Rabbi Baruch Ber brings down the name of the Naidah B'Yehuda that we always say Adam Mu'ad Le'olam, not only when a person actually does the damage himself, but even if a person creates the thing which will eventually cause damage, i.e. a bore or a fire, he's still chayev anyway, because Adam mu'ad li'olam. The Mishnah. If a person sets a fire, and it consumes wood, stones, or earth, he's chayev, since we learn from the Pasuk in Shmais, Perakaf Beis, ki seitze eitru matzah kaitzim, v'nechal gadish ayakama, shalem yishalem hamavir es He always has to pay. The Gemara. The Mishnah needs to be mechadish all three cases of damage, wood, stones, and earth, since each one teaches us a chiddish. For example, I would think you're only chayev if your fire destroys a field, because it's a hafsid maruba. But if you just destroy thorns, you'd be potter. Kamashmalan, even on thorns, you're chayev. Rabbi Shmuel Banachmeni said, bad things only come to the world so as long as there are rishayim in the world. But when destruction finally begins, HaKadosh Baruch Hu begins with the tzaddikim first. As the Pasuk says, ki umatza kaitzim. The ish goes out, and it finds thorns. It only goes out if there are kaitzim, if there are rishayim in the world. Otherwise, the ish never goes out in the first place. And the destruction hits the tzaddikim first, as we see from the Pasuk, benachal gadish. Gadish refers to tzaddikim. Just like a gadish, a field makes paris, so too tzaddikim make paris via the mitzvahs they do. Nechal is lashanavar. It already ate the tzaddikim. That's how you know that since it already ate the tzaddikim, the tzaddikim end up being eaten first. Also, once the Malach HaMavis has Rishus to destroy, he doesn't differentiate between, between Sadiqim and Rishayim. As we see from Makas Becheris, even the Jews were told not to leave their homes during the time the Malach HaMavis was going around by the Mitzri. Rabbi Yisif questioned this and asked, how is it possible HaKadosh Baruch would punish the Sadiqim first? The Sadiqim, that Rishayim should be punished first. Abayah says, this isn't bad for the Sadiqim, quite to the contrary. The reason that the Sadiqim are punished first is because it's good for them so they won't have to witness all the evil which is destined to come to the world later on. Rabbi Huda Amarav says, The Oilam Yikanes Adam Bechitayv, the Yetzei Bechitayv. A person should enter a town during the day and leave the town during the day, not at night, because it's Sakana. It's Sakana because the Shadim and robbers are outside on the roads, and it's very dangerous, or because there are obstacles on the road that may be hard to see. Rabbeinu Tam says, But this is only in a strange place in your own town, where you know where all the potholes and the winding roads are, then you are allowed to travel at night. The Gemara says, if there is a plague or an epidemic in a town, you should stay indoors. But if you must walk outside, don't walk in the middle of the road, since that's where the Malach goes. If there's a famine in a city, you should get out of the town. 
Versus a person shouldn't go alone into a shul, since the Malachamavas keeps his kalim there. If, however, there are children learning there, or if there's a minion davening, then you'll be protected. If the dogs in a city are crying, it's a simon if the Malachamavas is arriving. If they're laughing, it's a simon Eliyahu Anavi is arriving. Even though it's our fault that the base Hamigdash was destroyed, as we know because of Sinas Chinam and so on, HaKadosh Baruch will take the blame for it anyway. And the same way the base Hamigdash was devoured via fire, it will be rebuilt via fire. The parish Ene Yitzchak asks, what's the point of rebuilding with fire? Why fire? Why should the base Hamigdash be rebuilt with fire? Why couldn't it simply be rebuilt the way anything is rebuilt? He answers, fire is synonymous with Midas Hadin. By saying, by HaKadosh Baruch saying, he'll rebuild the Beis HaMikdash with fire, Hashem promises he'll rebuild it even with the Haskama of Midas Hadin. And from the Pasuk here, the Pasuk we bring down in Zechariah, we learn that we paskin Eishai Mishum Chitzav, which is the Gemara we had on Tavchav Beis, that we hold that a fire is Eishai Mishum Chitzav, or Eishai Mishum Amayinai, and here we learn we say Eishai Mishum Chitzav. And finally, by David HaMelech, there was a Maisa that people burned down some silos. So there was a Shaila if burning of Tamun, of hidden objects, is considered Chayev or Pater? The Bezdin of Shmuel Paskind, that if someone gives himself over to be put to death for the sake of Torah, it's not good. And we don't repeat over the halachas that he said in his name. Mishnah. Someone lit a fire, and it went over a wall, which was more than far, four Amas tall, or over a Rishus Harabim, which is more than 16 Amas wide, or over a river. The Baal Eish is Pater. Since this is called an Inus, it traveled 16 Amas across the Rishus Harabim, he couldn't have anticipated that. Therefore, it's considered an Inus, and therefore he's Pater. Gemara. Some say, you're Pater even from three and a half Amas, regarding a wall. Rav says, you're only Pater on fire over a river if it's Mamish a river. Shmuel says, you're Pater even if you light a fire, and it goes over an irrigation ditch. This is also considered a Inus, and therefore you're Pater. Mishnah. If one lights a fire in his own land, how far must the fire travel so we can consider the Baal Ha'esh Pater? Lazar ben Azariah says, we look at him as being in the middle of a base core. So if the fire travels more than a half of a core, he's putter. Rebbe Lazar says, if it travels 16 amas, then he's putter. The same halacha as we said by Rosh Sarabu. Rabbi Akiva says, 50 amas. Rabbi Shimon says, the one who lights pays no matter how far the fire travels. Gemara. When a person has an oven in his house, he should be sure he has some plaster in the ceiling to protect the upstairs neighbor from damage. And when Reb Shimon says that he's chayev, we don't mean that he's always chayev, but rather hakol lefi goiva hadleka. It all depends on the specifics of the fire, and the halacha is like Reb Shimon. Mishnah. If one lights a pile of grain of his friend, and there were dishes inside, sort of hidden within the pile of grain, Reb Yehuda says you must pay for these also. Even though it's tamun, and even though they were hidden, you're still chayev. The chachamim say, you only have to pay for the wheat, since the dishes that are hidden inside are tamun, they're hidden. If an evid was next to the silo, and a goat was tied to it, and they both die, on the goat, you're chayef to pay. But uh, on the evid, you're potter, since the evid should have run away. If, however, the evid was tied to the silo, then you're chayef misa for the evid, but you're potter on the goat, due to kamle bidarabamine. You're only chayef for the bigger punishment. Since you're once mechuyev misa for killing the evid, you're potter for the goat. But the chamim are made to Rabbi Yehuda, that if you burn down a house, you're chaya for all the items in the house. Aye, they're tamun, they're hidden in the house. But since it's a derech for people to put all kinds of things in their house, if you burn down the house, you're chaya for everything in the house. Gemara. The machlokis by tamun is when you light the fire in your own property, and it spreads to your friend's property. Rabbi Yehuda says 
Chayev Niske Tamun Baish, and the Chachamim say, Pater. Daf Samach Beis. Rabbi Yehuda is mighty to the Chachamim that if Ruvain gave permission to Shimon to store grain, and he also hid Kalim, the owner only must pay for the grain, not for the Kalim which were hidden, which were Tamun. If damages were done indirectly, it's a machlaikis if one must pay, because this is called Dina de Garmi. For example, if Ruvain throws the chest of Shimon in a river, and Shimon says, I had $5,000 in it, does Ruvain have to pay the full amount or just part? Teiku. And the Gemara asks, what is the difference between a Gazlan and a Chamsan? Both are possible edus. Gemara says, a Gazlan steals, and a Chamsan does bad things. For example, he tricks a child. The next Mishnah. A spark flew out from the blacksmith's hammer and did damage. The blacksmith is Chayev. A camel laden with flax in Rosh Hashanah entered a store, and the flax caught fire with a candle. The Balhagomel is Chayev. But if the storekeeper put the candle outside, the Balhachanus is Chayev. If, however, it was a Ner Hanukkah, then he's Potter, because it's a mitzvah of Persume Nisa. This is the only place in the Shisha Sidre Mishnah, in any of the Mishnayas, that the word Hanukkah is found. There are Gemaras where Hanukkah is discussed. The main Gemara is the Gemara of Mai Hanukkah, which is in Shabbos, Tafchafalaf Amid Beis. But as far as the Shisha Sidre Mishnah is concerned, this is the only place where Hanukkah is mentioned anywhere. Gemara. We see that one must place Hanukkah candles under 10 Tvachim, not higher. Reb Nachman said, if you place Hanukkah candles over 20 Amas, you're not Mekayim the Mitzvah. Just like Schach of a Sukkah, which can't be higher than 20 Amas, since people will not be able to see it. The same is true with Hanukkah candles. This marks the end of this parak.